Good afternoon. This is Mike Kidwell. And Michael Kidwell. And this is the Pitch Towards Holiness podcast. A lot has happened since the last time that we were with you. Um, One of those things is the book that this podcast is based on has become published and available on Amazon. Um, You can go to Amazon and search in the search bar, The Pitch Towards Holiness, and um, it's available in hardback, paperback, and um, audiobook. You can also see the podcast if you search it um, right there on Amazon. So those are some cool things that, that um, are under the way and, and out there and ready to go. So if you want to see um, more of the content that we base this podcast on, um, you can go check out that book. Yeah, I, I really suggest if you enjoy this podcast that you go check dad's book out. Um, I've read it and it's very impactful. Um, so today um, we wanted to talk about some free agency signings and um, how these players seem to have asked probably more than what they were worth. Yeah. So um, the most recent <clears throat> And most expensive um, player signing was Bryce Harper with the Phillies. He signed for 13 years, which will be from 2019 to 2031. And that contract is worth $330 million. Wow. And then the second one is Corey Seager with the Rangers for 10 years. And that's $325 million. So all in all, I mean, even the lowest, the next one is Garrett Cole with the Yankees for nine years, and that's $324 million. I mean, I haven't, I mean, the next one is still $300 million. I mean, it, it takes you to, to you get to number five on the list, which is Alex Rodriguez to the Yankees, where you finally get someone that's only at 275 so, I mean, all in all, <clears throat> these players were asking for probably more than what they were worth. You know, a lot of people call these guys sellouts. Um, but I would, I would say it's just as much the ownership of the team's fault for paying these guys um, as much as they do as it is for the players demanding um, this outrageous <clears throat> amount of money to play a sport to play a baseball game and baseball is not the only sport that has these players, right? Um, basketball, football, professional fort sports is loaded with guys that really think that their talent is worth more than they should. Mm-hmm. And, um, a lot of people sell out and, um, they leave a team for more money. Um, it's not very often that you see somebody, especially this day and age, that will take less money to stay on a team um, even if they know it's going to win. Right. Like like Justin Verlander right now, he just won his second World Series and a Cy Young with the Astros, and he wouldn't take what the qualifying offer was and decided, hey, I'm going to go explore free agency. And so now he's asking, I think, for at least 100 mil and then he wants, I think, five years. 
but I, I'm I'm just guessing. I, I we don't know the specifics until he signs with someone, obviously. But he left a team that's winning to possibly go pitch to for a team that won't. Yeah. Well, and it's very frustrating as a fan because you get close to players, you cheer for them, um, they make it to the playoffs or the World Series or whatever, and you get really excited. Um, and then, you know, they, they leave for another team, a bigger market maybe, for more money. And um, so it's frustrating as a fan. But really, um, everybody shares the responsibility in this um, transaction, if you will. The owners have responsibility because they're willing to pay. The players have responsibility because of their demands. And the fans have responsibility because they go out there and they spend their money on tickets, on merchandise to support the decisions of these owners. So I'm not here trying to proclaim that we should have a national boycott on all sports. That's not what I'm saying, but I just want everybody to know that we all share responsibility in what this has become. But what it really is, is people selling out. Right. Um, they're not true to uh, the game anymore. They just chase the almighty dollar. Mm-hmm. And um used to be back in a long time ago, and this, you'll have to go way back, that guys would play just for the love of the game. Right. And um, that's really got what got me interested in baseball and in football was just the love of the game. I never even thought about uh, the opportunity of ever trying to get or being able to get money to play a sport that I loved. I just enjoyed playing that much. Right. <clears throat> and come to think of like um, players around um, World War II and like World War One, like everybody was going to war. And so if you were um, one of the ones that didn't and you were able to play, you weren't asking for money because you were just able to play. Yeah. And so all your friends and family are at war. And so you're not saying, hey, let's go play this sport to make some money. It was, no, I'm, I'm taking their place for the time being. I'm not going to ask for anything. I just want to play. Yeah. Well, and that's being sold out, sold out for the sport, sold out for a team. And um, you see that occasionally with athletes still today, Mm -hmm. but it's few and far between. Most people are sellouts. Right. They um, will play for a team and they'll give their all. But when it comes down to contract negotiations, they're going to chase the money. Right. Every time. Right. Like Aaron Judge right now is probably one of the better players in free in free agency and he won't take a lower contract to stay with the Yankees and everybody wants him to obviously stay with the Yankees but he won't take less for some unknown reason because yeah. he it's probably pride it's got a well, lot to do with pride I don't want to assume anything of what it is or what it isn't but I know one thing he's going to get paid and someone's going to pay him. Yeah. And um, um, he'll probably be the next person that we deem a sellout because he's um, not, he's not, he's not really playing for the love of the game. He's, he's looking for a payday and, and everybody can make the argument. You know, these players got to maximize their opportunity while they're healthy because anybody could get injured. 
and have a career-ending injury and they have to have money for the future. I understand all that, but these guys get paid more per game than some people will make in their lifetime. Right. So I don't think that we can make that argument really um, stick because the money is just flowing out there to these players. And so I just re- really wanted to talk about that for a minute, Michael, because I want to look at what it looks like in the body of Christ to be sold out mm-hmm. or sell out because there's sold, sold out people and there's people that sell out in every walk in every facet of life. And, um, so we want to talk about that first. First, um, I really want to just apologize to everybody that's listening because my voice is struggling a little bit. I've been a little hoarse, and um, I got a little bit of a runny nose. Um, nothing substantial, but I'm just wanting to let you know if you hear me sniffling or if you're wondering why my voice is different, that's why. So, um, you know, Michael, you know as well as I do that life can be. Um, very, very good. Right. Um, we can, everything has its ups and downs. Um, we can set aside the, the long lines at Walmart or the mm-hmm. drive through mm-hmm. and ice cream shop, um, closing earlier than we thought it would or something like that. But other than that, um, we have it pretty good as Americans on a daily basis. Right. You know, right. we, we, um, we get upset about things like high gas prices, which we, we should, but there's other places in the, in the world that can't even get gas, don't even have cars. And so we are a very spoiled society as Americans, and we do have it pretty good, wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. Our lifespans are well into our 80s. Um, we, we have jobs. Um, the market out there for jobs is really good. Um, we have generation um, now that has never seen war. Um, and, and we can still choose where we worship. We, right. we have the right to choose that. So we have a lot of liberties. We have a lot of freedoms. We have a lot of good things going on in the United States. But still, there's a very disturbing problem in many churches um, as a whole. I'm not talking about an in particular church, but I'm talking about the church in general, has a big problem, and the problem is we have sellouts. Just like in the Major League Baseball has sellouts, we have sellouts within the church. And um, it seems like every day there's fewer sold-out Christians for the Lord. Um, And on an increasing number, on a daily basis, it seems like there's more and more sellouts. Sellouts, um, if you want me to be in particular with it, Sellouts are those that love Jesus. Um, they probably own a Bible or two. Um, they in a, they identify with a church. They probably go to church, um, but they don't show any fruit of a transformed life. Right. Um, they look just like everybody else does. They claim to follow Christ and um, genuinely genuinely believe the gospel is factual and true, but their enthusiasm when it actually comes down to following Jesus ebbs and flows and it's very wishy washy. Mm -hmm. And, um, the signs are very obvious for these sellouts. So, I mean, this might be something that where you're trying to identify, you know, am I a sellout or am I sold out? And so you can identify this is it's those people that are um, willing to give their money to the church. You know, they'll tithe a little bit so long as it doesn't affect the standard of living. If it, if it affects their budget, um, if they don't think they can afford to, 
then they won't tithe. You mm-hmm. know, so it's not a sacrificial thing. Mm-hmm. It's not a heart thing. It's just a check it off your list thing. Yeah. Um, it's it's those people that are um, willing to attend their churches until some other activity comes up, like a baseball game or a football game or a nice day at the beach. Um, mm-hmm. the, they're willing to jump off ship for their dedication to the body of Christ for other things that are... <laughs> just um temporary satisf- satisfaction right um so that's another indicator there's the another indicator that we can point to is they're willing to observe and even appreciate those that serve them in the body of Christ mm-hmm. um but are far more satisfied watching than actually serving in ministry themselves yeah um they're willing to be on the the sidelines cheerleading mm-hmm. but they don't want to step on the field yeah because it costs them something mhm um the other one that I kind of put down on my notes is uh, they hold their Bible in, in high regard, but read more emails and social media than they do the actual Bible verses. Mm. Um, the, they really, if you ask them, hey, is the Bible true? They'll tell you yes. They'll, you'll say, is there power in the word? And they'll say yes. But if you ask them to quote their favorite scripture, they scratch their head. But they can tell you what everybody's tweeted what everybody's posted on TikTok, Facebook, Snapchat, or Instagram. Yeah, what's trending. They know what's on their B-reels. Um, they, they've they checked their emails. They know how many um, spam emails they've gotten, how many promotional emails they've gotten, how many um, real em- emails they've gotten, but they don't know the Word of God. And this is a problem that we have in the church as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, the sellouts also hope that their children grow up to be passionate about the Lord, but rarely challenge them to serve in the church. They rarely challenge them to live sacrificially or um, shun friendships of the world like James 4, 4 says too. We all have weaknesses. Look, nobody's perfect. I'm not perfect. Michael's not perfect. No, I'm not. And Taken individually, these these signs might not be a cause for alarm, but when you take them collectively as a whole and you kind of check the box, there's a symptomatic problem for this generation of Christians in the church right now today who have bought into a mediocre form of discipleship. Um, it's it's They're more about entertainment than cultivation mm-hmm. and really digging into the, the Word of God and and conforming to what the Word of God says. Mm -hmm. Comfort and effortlessness have replaced suffering and sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Um, Loyalty to Christ has, as his bride, have been replaced with dedication to their vocation, dedication to vacation, Mm -hmm. and dedication to vacillation on everything in this world. Mm -hmm. They just, everything that they're dedicated to has nothing to do with Jesus anymore. Mm. Our Lord taught us in Matthew 16, 24, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. That means, Michael, that you lay down your whole life. Right. Not some of it, not pieces of it, but your whole life. You don't lay down, you know what, you can have my mornings, but my afternoons, evenings, and into the deep hours of the night are mine to do what I have to do, to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. That's not picking up your cross. Right. 
Jesus wants us to pick up our cross and follow him. We cannot be true disciples unless we do that. And that's in Matthew 16, 24. Um, by this statement that we hear from Jesus, we learn that the, the way of the Christian is, is one of suffering. It's one of sacrifice and surrender to the will of the Father. This doesn't mean that we, we have to suffer every moment of every day. That's not what the Bible's talking about. But what it is talking about is if we enjoy a form of Christianity where suffering, sacrifice, and surrender are rare or non-existent at all, then we're practicing some form of Christianity that doesn't involve Jesus. Right. And if you're practicing some form of Christianity that doesn't involve Jesus, then what's the point? Because Christ is the center of Christianity. True. And a Christian is a follower of Christ. And so if, if what you're doing, if what you're practicing doesn't have Jesus in the center, then you're not about the things of God. You're probably more about the things of yourself. Mm-hmm. So we look at this, Michael, and we can ask ourselves, who's responsible? Um, right. How'd it get where we're at now? And the answer is, not just one person, like just like these major league baseball players, it's the fans' fault, it's the owners' fault, it's the players' fault that they get these sell that the they get these salaries that cause them to be sellouts. Mm-hmm. And the church is the same way. We could all we could blame church leadership. Um, we could we could um, blame parents. We could blame deacons and church church uh, disciple makers. But really. As a whole, at the body of Christ, we all have to own where we're at and identify the problem and then walk forward with it. Yeah. Jesus addresses us um, in his word in Joshua twenty four fifteen. He says, choose you this day who you will serve. He also says in Matthew, if anyone would come after me, would come after me, that means individually we must choose to heed his call instead of selling out to temporary things of this world without consideration for what others are or are not doing, we have to choose to come after him and to choose him this day who mm-hmm. will serve. Mm-hmm. Each day we wake up with a choice. Right. And it's either a choice to follow the things of God and be disciples for Jesus or follow this world mm-hmm. and be the disciples of the devil. And that's really the only two choices. It's no gray area, no middle area. It's choose you this day who you will serve. If someone desires to live a sold-out life, that's the other side of the coin and uh, really what Jesus wants us to do, then they must um, form a habit of asking themselves probing questions like, um, you know, and that's one thing, Michael, we don't like to do as a body of Christ is ask questions that hurt and that are hard. Right. But these probing questions, if we want to find out if we're sold out or not, are questions like, am I actively seeking the will of the Lord from my life as revealed in his word? Mm. That's a question you need to ask yourself. Only you can answer that. Am I actively seeking the will of the Lord from my life as revealed in his word? Ask yourself that. And then the other question would be, am I offering my body as a living sacrifice by adopting God's desires to my life? This podcast is called 
a pitch towards holiness. We want to be holy men of God, Michael. Right. And that means that you're li- you're offering your body as a living sacrifice mm-hmm. for God and his desires, not your desires, but his desires. Another question you can ask yourself, am I spending my money on fruit-bearing ministry in a truly sacrificial way, or do I only give when it's convenient, comfortable, and accessible? Mm-hmm. You know, if if giving is part of your relationship with Christ, you'll give no matter what. Right. You'll tithe no matter what. It won't be a question. It won't be, you know, let me work it into my budget somewhere at the bottom. It'll always be at the top, and it will always be the most important thing because you know that God will supply all your needs and he'll bless it. Yeah. But it's, it's out of your relationship with him. Right. Cause I remember when, um, I had first got a job and still now I, I remember talking to you about how I can't afford to tithe and you, you still tell me you can't afford not to tithe. You can't. Yeah. And so, um, that would always be my first priority when I got paid was, all right, let me set this money aside so that I can tithe because what you give to God, he will give back. Yeah. And it's the same with our walk with him. Yeah. If you don't talk to him, then he's not going to talk to you. The other question, Michael, is the D word. Um, a lot of people, you know, know what the disciples are, mm-hmm. but Another question you could ask yourselves is, am I investing my time in a disciple-making, God-glorifying way for the church, to build the church? Right. Are you making a sacrifice with your time with somebody, to invest with somebody to build them up in within the church? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is no, then, you know, that's a, a sign that you're not sold out. And um, another question. And I got two more. The second to last one is, am I leading my family and loved ones towards Jesus? Mm. Is the things that I say, things that I do, the things that um, I spend my time on, are they glorifying God? Or am I talking about Jesus, but not living it out in front of my family? The best way to disciple somebody is to live out Christ, walk it out day mm-hmm. by day, in an authentic relationship with him where they can see it. That mean that means that they know Jesus is real because of the way you live mm-hmm. and the way you um sacrifice your life for the for God's glory. Right. And then the last question is am I um seeing holiness in my decisions and lifestyle choices? Do I see the fruit of holiness in the decisions that I make and the lifestyle choices that I make. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't look at, you know, well, I'm going to go out with this girl. I'm going to go out with that girl or marry this guy or whatever. And they, they, they don't think of that as a choice that God has a part in. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem in the church today. Relationships should always be God centered. Right. And when God's not in the middle, then he's not in it at all. And when God's not in it at all, then we still want him to bless it. How's that going to work? Mm-hmm. How's that going to work when we ask God to bless something he's not even a part of? Right. And then we want to have these relationships that aren't, um, they don't even glorify God. You know, we, we want to sleep around with 
with our girlfriends or whatever, and we, we want to do things that are con- contrary to the word of God, and then we ask him to bless it, and he's not going to do it. He's not going to wink at our evil anymore. So, so you know, we, we, we've talked about a lot of things, but it really my prayer is for each of us to be holy men of God, sold out, not sellouts, but sold out for the body of Christ and for glorifying God. So believers have already been equipped for sold out followership through the empowering word of God. He's given us that. He's given us the Holy Spirit, the edifying people of God through the body of Christ. Um, So go for it. Don't be a sellout. Be sold out. Embrace a sold out lifestyle so that in all things, God might be glorified through you and you might bless somebody in the process. Right. Um, so with that, again, you can find a pitch towards holiness, the book on amazon.com. You can find the hardback and the audio, um, not the audio, but the, the hardback paperback audio book and the podcast are all on Amazon. All on Amazon. Yes. And the podcast as well is on, um, it's on Spotify, Audible, Spotify, YouTube, all the places that you can find it, except for the Apple platform. Right. And so with that, we're going to close in prayer. Um, so, Lord God, we thank you for this day, Lord. And we just ask that we wouldn't be sellouts, Lord God, that we would be sold out for you. Lord God, I just pray that we would give everything we have and that we wouldn't take what you give for granted. Lord God, I just pray for everybody listening, wherever they're at, that you would bless them, be with them. Lord God, I just pray that you would give us a good day. In your name I pray. Amen. And with that, this is a Pitch Towards Holiness, the podcast. I'm Michael Kidwell. And I'm Mike Kidwell. See you next time.